Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tats Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is John Isaacson. He's a restoration operations expert and a podcast host. So, John, thank you. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for the invite, Tats. Yeah, so I followed your stuff for a while. Your sort of day-to-day is in restoration, and then you have this content side that you've always been a fan of. How did that develop? I sat down and I I said, I want to be like Tats, so I got active. (laughs) on uh, social media. So no, honestly, my, my comfort zone is I enjoy writing. I enjoy reading. So I enjoy writing. And I had started writing some articles for some of the publications in our industry and property restoration, you know, which for those that don't know, that's like fancy word for dealing with insurance claims, right. And on the contracting side. And so as that progressed, a lot of people encouraged, you know, a way not as many people maybe read nowadays. And so if you create some videos, maybe that would help get some of the content out there. (laughs) So I don't know how far back you've watched, but I used to make real cringy videos in my garage. When did you start making videos? Well, I started with the podcast because I just hated the idea of being on video. And I've gotten to a point where I just feel like we're on Zoom call. But it was horrible. I was just robotic. And, you know, I used to do like TV interviews too. And the only reason they called me to do interviews is because they couldn't find anyone better because (laughs) I narrowed the niche enough that there was just no one else they could call. So I would get the call and I have some of these up as a reminder to me, but they were horrible and they just, they just couldn't get any better. So for me, it started with audio, like doing podcasts. And then I just... I just kept hearing over and over, you need to be on video. So like you, I started. So tell me about these cringy videos. Like what what were you saying? What was the message? Oh, man. Well, in our industry, there's this estimating software. And I'm sure that's all contracting has some form of estimating software, right? So we have one that's called Xactimate. And that was kind of hit early on some threads with that, just ways to optimize using that program. And then some of the inconsistencies, a lot of people complain that the technicians from the field don't give the documentation to the people that are writing the estimates. But when you wind that back a little bit, a lot of times the way we dispatch people is we got a call, go. And there's no details. So you start a process with very bad details and documentation, but expense the end-lined employees are the ones that get the brunt of all of the the discipline for not providing what is actually a continuation of a, a poor start of events, you know? So yeah. we respond to chaos, but we don't have to have, we shouldn't have internal chaos. Yeah. So I'm interested in that because I think, you know, when there's a process for us, I think of like, like warranty or project specification things, right? Where it's like, there's no communication. And then there's a sudden rush to get everything done. And, you know, where's the information? So is that the case? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Ours is uh, your core business is roofing. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. We're in- 
So, so the, the roof fails, right? One of your competitors installs a substandard roof, you know, and it fails, right? And then so uh, companies in our industry would be the ones like maybe somebody calls their insurance company or they call somebody to come dry it out or there's all this water pouring into the structure. So, you know, that has definitely a level of urgency to it, right? And, and can feel chaotic, but we should still be Okay, you know, what is your address? Who's getting us access to the building? What insurance company are you working with? Because that sets your employees, the people that are responding, better up to go out. I would imagine the same, you know, if if it's a warranty, having that data on file to know, okay, we installed this type of roof, so we need to bring this, you know, tool set. And maybe this person in our company is the best suited for that particular application, you know, and so... It's yeah. just like, you know, we have water damage, we have fire damage, we have mold, we have bio, you know, and so if somebody's better at what that customer needs, yeah, and everybody's best interest to send those people if they're available, right? How do you reinforce that? Or how do you like put in processes to make that collection and that handoff better? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's tricky because you got a lot, just like in roofing, you have a lot of smaller companies where somebody's wearing all of the hats, right? But it's almost, even at that level, it's as important, if not more important, because your time is so much more valuable, right? So when a client calls in, and I would say we're in a phase right now, a period in construction in general, in the skilled trades where there's a good amount of work, right? That's not really the issue. It's more applying your efforts and your resources to the right kind of work. So that's important to, okay, is this, do we have the details? Is this customer actually ready for our services? Are they just kind of calling around, kicking the tires, wanting, you know, bids? And we just did a series on our podcast on the, you know, the myth of free estimates, you know, you just have to, as a contractor, be willing to say my time is valuable and I need to make sure I'm applying it to the right projects, you know, so that way, you know, we're getting paid at the end of the day for what we do rather than spending eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours chasing work that's not going to materialize. So I think that's the first willing to say this process is broken or could be better. And am I actually willing to peel back a little bit and make it better in the long run so that I'll be happier at work and more profitable and, you know, our, our employees aren't wanting to pull their hair out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you know, when I was just listening to that, I, I feel like there's three parts. First of all, like, you know, every organization is resource strapped in some way, even a massive organization. Yep. So properly qualifying opportunities, you know, saying yeah. no to the right things, being involved in the right type of project, step one. Step two is you know, understanding, it sounds like, uh, your process and how you can improve that process to yeah. streamline it. And the third thing I think you touched on slightly was the fact that when you do collect the information up front, you're actually saving time. Like a lot yeah. of people skip yeah. steps to try to save time, but yeah. the, the back and forth on the on the back end actually takes you more time and more headaches yeah. so that you're actually saving time by doing it right the first time. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Well, and, and, and reducing frustration, right? You know, and yeah, because that's, I think, yeah, when you're resource strapped, it's all that much important that you apply it to the right things, you know? Yeah, for sure. So how does the content side, which I think uh, you, you call your podcast, the dojo? Dojo. Yep. Dojo. Okay. 
and and how does it relate to stuff you're doing? Because you've sort of gone from the industry side, and then you've sort of added a personal development layer, which, which I kind of think is there. Um, how does that all come together with your day to day? So the podcast is, I mean, skilled trades, construction, and obviously kind of this niche of of property restoration. So I started writing articles for the industry, just sharing some of the things that I felt worked or or improved some of the processes, started making some videos to try to coordinate with those articles. And then when the shutdowns happened in 2020, on our side of the industry, there was just a lot. I felt like there's kind of a lot of poor information around some of the cleanup and prevention activities. And so and a lot of the information was, you know, from within the hive rather than hearing some of the voices outside of, of our industry. And so that was uh, just reaching out to get different perspectives from some people on ways to approach that. Cause it was, it's kind of a new thing, right. For us in this, the liability, the risk, the cleanup, you know, what is actually maybe providing value to customers and what isn't. And so, so that I starting out, our podcast was uh, three questions with the pro and it was only YouTube videos. And uh, I reached out to another friend who Jarrett Steer, who does the GMS podcast. He has a, an electric box that'll plug into the, you know, the dryer or the range vent and provide more power. So it's a great application for our industry when people are drying and need more power. And he's like, he uses Spotify. And so I was able to basically take that same video file, drop it in there. Now I have the audio only and the video. So we've been cranking out mediocre podcasts since 2020 to, you know, the 13 people that listen. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. I once joked that my, my family doesn't even listen, right? <laughs> 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 but I mean, I, you know, for me, I, I started just because I wanted to learn, right? And it seems sure. like you had the same thing where you wanted to learn and, and yep. grow yourself through, you know, asking experts in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I'm sure you found to form some relationships that otherwise wouldn't have been created and open some doors. You'll, uh, you might get a kick out of this. The actual idea for the podcast, I was working for an abatement company and we were brainstorming ways to try to reach out to general contractors that would use our service that we couldn't get to, you know, Hey, can we bring coffee by? Can we meet for lunch? And we weren't getting anywhere. And I said, well, what if we did a podcast and all I would have to, if if you were my target, right? Instead of saying, hey, can we get coffee? Can we get lunch? Can we go out to dinner? Can, will you go to this baseball game with me? I said, hey, will you jump on Zoom and we'll do a video call? And all I want you to do is talk about all the great things that your company does. I was like, this podcast would not have to have any viewers to be successful because it got me a face-to-face with the target client. And uh, it it didn't land, right? The, they, they didn't understand the premise or, you know, well, what? And it was like, it's such a low barrier. Like you need a microphone and a, a crappy, uh, you know, um, video camera or whatever is already on your computer. And, you know, boom, you've got a podcast, a podcast, right? And uh, that was the initial impetus for starting a podcast. And uh, I think you'd probably say the same. I'd encourage any company that wants to use it for some kind of outreach. I mean, it's it's free to do other than the time. It's a great way to get some content out that uh, might not otherwise be out there. Yeah, absolutely. So 
What are some of these insights you gained? I mean, one of the things you you touched on was the free estimates. So it sounds like a hot button, but what what other besides that we can talk about that? But what what other things did you learn? Because I've had podcasts where I I literally after I do it, I just feel like I'm somehow like it's opened up a different part of my brain. Yeah, so what yeah. Were those moments, you know, that you had recording these episodes over the years. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, all in all, like you know, like. They, they say, you know, science says matter is neither created nor destroyed, right? And I think knowledge is much the same. You know, we we uncover these things that are, you know, we're part of an age-old tradition of let's build that. How do we do that better, you know, so where it lasts? And history shows us that, you know, some of the people with much more archaic tools have still done a much better job than we ever have in modern civilization of building things that last. And so uh, a lot of it's just hearing somebody's different perspective. I think that's probably the most interesting is is not so much success, but if you can get those in-betweens of like the failure or it was almost on the brink of failure and how people, you know, kind of climb through that. So, you know, that, that's always fun. For me personally, one of the biggest nuggets or things that I'm very interested in the history of our industry and how it developed. And so doing the podcast and writing the articles has really opened up a lot of doors in that realm to Mm. to meet with people that were pivotal and kind of helping move our industry forward and up into where, where it is today. Yeah. I mean, what were some of those historical nuggets, like those turning points or those innovations or whatnot? Well, I mean, you think about it, like when I applied, I applied, I answered an ad for carpet cleaning at a franchise, a service master franchise in California. And they said, you know, you, you know, with your background in science, because I was studying to go into law enforcement at the time, they said, you'd be really good at mold remediation. I had no idea what that was. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I would be pretty good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You have a job for me? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then you learn, you know, there's initially like most things in the trades, just the physical aspect of it, right. Just go move this pile there. And then, hey, here's this tool that helps you do that better. And then, hey, here's actually the science behind what we do. And then here's opportunities to to do other things. And so, like recently, I released a small part, a pivotal figure in our industry, a guy named Lloyd Weaver. So it's it's almost taken for granted that we have air movers today. And really, he took a centrifugal fan, I think I'm saying that right, out of an HVAC system, you know, the fan that cycles air through your home, took it out and made it in an application where it could blow air against a wall or under a carpet. And it was, you know, so looking back, it's like, well, yeah, anyone could have done that. Yeah, but someone did, you know, and then others came behind them and made them, you know, much prettier and maybe did a better job of selling them. But it took one person to say, wait, I could take this and I could do that with it. And now, you know, uh, we're testing a theory and, and, and making it into something, you know, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Tell me about some of the books that you put out. Did you put out one or two? I'm trying to remember. I actually on the fourth mediocre book. Oh, you got four. Sorry. I, I, you know, I, I turn around and look away for a second. You poof, you have four. Tell me about four books. Not everyone has four books. Yeah. 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 Maybe. And, and, and maybe some people shouldn't be writing them, you know, so uh, (laughs) the first one was an estimating book and it's more not like uh, nuts and bolts of estimating, but really if somebody wants to get into estimating, you know, you're in the field. 
and you're saying, what would it take to do that job? That's kind of the, the spirit of that book. The second book is on uh, workplace culture. And the idea was I got some fellow authors just to share what's one thing, one simple thing that's been helpful in your business to shape your culture positively, and then ask them to share one time when they tried something that just kind of blew up in their face or didn't work. (laughs) The third one is, so you want to be a project manager and similar to the first book, kind of if you're in the field and you want to get into project management, it goes a little more into the, or quite a bit more into the nuts and bolts than the first book. And then the last book I just released was how to suck less at estimating. And it's got six tools in there. I think that'll be helpful. It's obviously geared towards our industry, but I think estimators in general would benefit from it or somebody interested in estimating. And that actually Restoration Technical Institute just released it as a course that people can take. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, interesting. So, you know, the podcast you mentioned has certain advantages of learning and meeting people and stuff like that. But tell me about book publishing like what has it done for you was it just an outlet you had this idea you wanted to get it out or did it like maybe it started that way but did it you know obviously that sort of course is sort of a byproduct but what are the other things that come out of it I kind of like I said I like to write so I had written articles so I'd always kind of thought I'd really like to write a book and I'd like to have something that I feel is of value that would make sense to be in a book I don't know if you, have you heard of Unqualified Success by Rachel Stewart? No, tell me about that. It's a a really good book. It's probably from on the personal development side. uh, She's from our industry. She was um, general manager and I believe VP at Titan Restoration out of Arizona. And now she's got a software company. And I, I had reached out to her. My wife actually read the book as well. And just, you know, saying, man, this is one of the best books I've read from our industry, but on this topic in general. And I had shared with her, I was like, I'd love to write a book. I just don't feel like I have anything unique to say. And and kind of that same idea of knowledge, you know, it's kind of neither created nor destroyed. She was like, nobody has anything really unique to say. It's all been said. It's your unique perspective and how you've applied the knowledge, right? To either be successful or really fail in a fantastic way. And um, so that was that was pretty liberating to hear. And I think about that same time or shortly after one of my articles, I wrote an article, The Ten Commandments of Exactimate Estimating Success. And in one of the trade magazines, it was like top three articles for the year. And so it just kind of little light bulb, like, okay, here's a topic that maybe is touching a nerve or is helpful to people. And maybe I can kind of build off of that. So I just kind of expanded some of the content from that article and added some of the other articles that supplemented it. That's where the the book was born. Yeah. As far as, I don't know about you, Tats, but like, you know, our podcast doesn't make a lot of money and the books don't either. You know, you're, you're in that self publishing, self-promoting. And so there's a lot of times where it's just like, why, why do you even do this? But every now and again, I'll get an email or a text or, or a message from somebody that said, Hey, this was really helpful or really appreciated this, or, or even, you know, Hey, what you said here was really stupid, you know, but it, it, it confirms, 
you know, somebody's reading it or or getting a hold of the content and it's and it's making a difference and sounds corny or cheesy, but you know, that's that's just enough to say, okay, one more. <laughs> you know, we'll do one more podcast, you know. So well, the bar is really high, right? It, if yeah. you, you know, you can't just kind of dabble into turning it into a media company. Everyone loves to talk about media companies, but uh, yeah. turning them into them is like a full-time thing. Yeah, yeah. When and how did your podcast get started? I really wanted to, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't know. Like I wanted to be a better entrepreneur and also within construction, roofing, coatings or whatever. I really didn't find one person that knew everything that I needed to know. <laughs> and so that was the start of it, which is just yeah. getting guests to, to learn that and, you know, and trying to get more and more knowledgeable. And, you know, after a while, the general information starts to become, you know, not as useful, sure. but in the very beginning, that's what it is. There was so much I didn't know. And I just yeah. needed to, to get up on the curve on it. And as, as it's gone forward, it's, it's more like, well, you know, it's learning for me, but what's helpful for others. And I've tried to hone it to what's helpful for others. But yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned something that was really interesting is, but I don't, I read the book unqualified success, but I mean, you know, each, I, I like trying to help people and like trying to post content about it yep. but you know you post content about it and you try to like you know here's the right thing or here's you know what you want to aspire to do and the the, the thing that gets me is that the, like that same day or that same week you know you're having the same issue with yeah. that advice yeah. you give like yep. no yep. you still want to put it out but sometimes it's just like you yeah. know we're all trying to improve right whether it's yep. learning through creating or trying to help right the the project management book i think the week it might have been the day you know i submitted it basically to be published through amazon a customer just ate my lunch you know and <laughs> and and they were right you know about some things where i had dropped the ball and hadn't done the best job of communicating this so was like here i am writing this book you know that no one's going to read about project management and uh and exactly like you're saying like i'm still fumbling you know constantly and so uh, yes, that's very, very true. But that, you know, what's hard, do you find this hard? There's, you're at where you are in your career. So there's certain things that you take for granted that that maybe you skip over. And I try to be very conscious of just like industry speak, right? If we have a guest and they're, okay, can you explain that? Because you you got to remember some people listening may have never, that may have never occurred to them. Some of the things that you take as foundational or just, you know, this is, this is just the way that you do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Especially the things where it's like, Hey, this, this seems so obvious or no one would get any value from it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, and then you, you, you know, you just, maybe you just don't have anything to put out. You throw it out there yeah. and it's like, yeah, you learn like it's the most valuable thing you put out all month, right? Yep. <laughs> and yep. you know, you just discounted it because you've somehow just you know the way you so, perceive so it. Smaller. yeah, yeah. We hear that like uh, uh, some rock bands and stuff like that. Like the some of their songs have become the most popular. You know, they they almost come to hate or whatnot because they're like, well, we just. Man, that was, that took us 15 minutes to throw together. You know, whereas this song over here is one that we were really proud of and commercially nobody really liked it you know so you know like d doing a ton of stuff and and then you know 
in different places and then seeing what works and yeah. and then keep doing more of that doesn't make a very good book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the other interesting component is you have to play the Google, you know, Amazon, YouTube, internet game to get content in front of people, right? So there's learning kind of what pieces hit to where it even gets in front of people because then then the content's got to be engaging. But if it never reaches anybody, <laughs> then it's like, well, you have the, the greatest engaging podcast or book or whatever, but it, you know, nobody knows about it because maybe your title's wrong or something like that. And, and I think sometimes I think like I've gotten crafty, the title's right, and I've got the right things embedded in the headers and the right hashtags, and then it just goes nowhere. And then sometimes you just like throw something out there and all of a sudden it's got, you know, a thousand plus views or something. And you're like, okay, this doesn't make sense. It's okay. So, Google just does that to troll you. Yeah, probably. Oh, oh, they're starting to get some success. Boop, you know, shut off. <laughs> yeah. Close the dam. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I saw a while back you had, I think you expressed yourself as a, a introvert kind of by nature, but you pushed yourself to do stand-up comedy. Are you still doing that or was that a while back? It was it was one time. The the idea behind it was that, hey, look, uh, you know, I was taking some coaching on storytelling and okay. they were pushing me to try to do stuff humor. And this is not, I wasn't doing it very publicly. We we're just kind of doing it in the background and yeah. we're just like posting videos internally, like between, you know, uh, you know, my, my coach and me. I, you know, I had this moment, you know, later it was like, you know, I'm happy I did it, but sure. But I just like had this moment where I just reached out to a local coach and said, Hey, I want some coaching, right? Private, private coaching. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it, I show up, you know, we, we're having a meeting and she, she goes, In three weeks, there's, there's an open mic thing and you're doing it, right? Oh, no wow. question. And before I had the, the fear kicked in, I said, yes. I don't know if there's a reflex because she was just yeah, yeah. very, very convincing. And I regretted it as soon as I, I, I said <laughs> it. And then for three weeks, I didn't sleep. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, but no. I'm so glad I did it. Huh. That's awesome. Were you reaching out to the coach for something in particular? I was, I wanted just private lessons, right? Like I hear that on the side, I was going to do some private. So, you know, I met up for the first session and I thought, you know what, I can just kind of work on in the background. And she's like, not, not going to do it. You need to do this live. And I, I, I learned what real feedback is like, you know, like when you're just talking about normal feedback, you can sometimes be nice about stuff. Right. Yeah. But in comedy, it's either funny or it's not. There's just yeah. no middle ground. Yeah, so yeah. as a marketer, you know, I'm thinking like I can kind of write. I'm not a good writer, but I know well enough to write marketing copy. And yeah. I wrote it and I'm all proud of myself. And she goes, not funny. And I'm like, okay, okay. I rewrite it again. You know, I feel like I'm improved. Not fun. Like I rewrote it like six or seven times. And oh, then yeah. she said, okay, this might get a laugh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's got this kind of like really black and white feel to it right there's yeah. no way to be nice about it it's either funny or it's not and to stand up in front of a, a crowd with the expectation of being funny and delivering is is terrifying yeah well you, yeah how do you connect and so many different personalities i think it makes me think of you know when you posted that too i've listened to some comedians talk about how you know, by the time they get to a set, right, something that maybe they're going to record, it's gone through the process you went through multiple times for 
crash, crash, crash. Okay, that got a little bit of a response. Let's tweak it. You know, so it's not like even the the comedians, obviously they're probably better at it now if they've been doing it for 20 years, but it's not like they just write it down all of a sudden it's instantly funny. It has to be tested. The timing comes into play. The temperature of the room, obviously probably certain things play different in different areas. Yeah, pretty wild. Thinking about that from a podcast level or even like, you know, writing, marketing copy, a blog or an article, a book, and a podcast, like the same content. You can't just take the same content and it transfers to all those things. Like each of those things has unique kind of cadences and and different ways of getting, you know, your message across, you know, effectively. But I mean, when you're interviewing a lot of people, I've noticed this a bit. I bet your ability to like pull from different people's experiences and troubleshoot has, has grown. Hopefully so. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully so. <laughs> you get, because you get to hear everyone's like, you know, yeah. oopses and learnings and stuff like that. Well, I, I don't know about you, but um, you know, certain guests come with an agenda, right. And then they're going there. And one of the more difficult things is wait a minute, you know, you want to go here and I've got to give you some liberty to express that. And ours, I do a lot of editing. So I have an advantage of, you know, if I don't want to roll it, I can cut it out. But, you know, finding that little piece that they talk about and saying, okay, this is really, I think what would be interesting to to the audience or maybe to just to me. (laughs) So let's rewind. And I want to draw that piece out, you know, a little bit. And uh, I think that's, you know, in business or in life, finding, you know, where, where do our values intersect and trying to draw that and build on that. Right. So that way we can achieve a common goal or a common outcome, clarify that and and, and achieve it. So. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Is, is there anything that I did not ask you, but you wanted to cover or share? No, man. I mean, thank you for having me on and, and for the conversation and for what you're doing in and for the skilled trades. I know you do a lot behind the scenes, but uh, you know, anything we can do to help get the word out and bring the next generations in and, and people to understand that uh, there's good work, good opportunities and, and, and money to be made. And it's so crazy. You know, even talking to my own kids, like some of the smallest things will set you up for success in this industry and in any industry, right? Just doing the basics really well can go a long way. Yeah. Thanks, John. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Specify Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats Talks for video of today's podcast. Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.